Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. This is Studio B. This is Studio B. And we call what, it the inner court, the stage of the church. Oh, the inner court. Shh, you're not supposed to tell them what Studio B is. Why not? It's a mystery. They've been listening this long. They deserve some perks. It's mysterious, you know? Tell your friends' secrets. It's, it's, it's Studio B. Yeah, Studio Ooh. B. Yeah, Studio B. <laughs> Pretty big. <laughs> it is a big studio. We have a ginormous studio. That's one of the cool parts about being here, you know, the whole whole get up in here, you know. Wow. What you going to do, you know. So welcome, everybody, to Christians with Torah. As you guys know, we believe that the Torah is relevant for believers in Yeshua today. This is true. Yeshua being Jesus. And uh, we are studying the book of Matthew currently, and it's Awesome. We're just having a great time. We've only gotten through two chapters, but you know what? Today, yeah. we're going to do number three. We are. 17 verses. We're going to do number three. Let's do it. Uh, as far as announcements, uh, we have uh, Sandra Barris coming up on Thursday, October 21st, 2021, 7 p.m. So we don't normally meet on a Thursday, but if you're out there and you're watching this and you just happen to catch this in time to come, uh, she is the head of Christian Friends of Israeli Communities. They do awesome work. Uh, they basically post projects Um and make it so that people can donate to specific projects throughout Judea and Samaria. So maybe it's you know a need That's for right. professional or security, security cameras, cameras, fences, playground, playgrounds, bunkers. Interesting. You know, they've all, been around for some time now. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're legit. Yes, absolutely legit. So, um, so a worthy thing. So if you can make it on Thursday, that would be great. Um, but we are this week studying the Book of Matthew, chapter three. Today we're talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist prepares the way. So Ryan's going to read Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. All right. So in those, He's got the new King James. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. yeah that's... Yeah. That's a <laughs> There's no monarchy here. These and thous. No King Jimmy on this one. Uh, and it's so funny because my, my favorite part about King James is the these and thous. It's the other stuff I don't like. Right. All right. So in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now, John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Very good. I just want to make sure that this focus right red box is okay and good to go with, with, this, with the settings. It looks good. Because I know I think I pushed one accidentally uh, when I was setting it up. Yeah, it looks good. We're good. It looks good. Those are the settings. Cool. Ev everything looks good. Very good. All right. We're, we're moving along there. Audio's everything. If you have bad audio, it's over. Everything looks good. Yeah. I very, even have like a double check. Very good. So uh, it, it says here in Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So there's a lot in that. Uh, John the Baptist was born to devout parents who were both of the priestly line and well advanced in age. And you can check this out in Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 25. And then, of course, verses 39 through 80. Uh, you can check that out, all about John the Baptist. That's a whole other world. And uh, supposedly he was six months older than Yeshua, so he was born. Uh, a lot of them say around the time of Passover, and Yeshua would have been born during the feasts uh, or the fall feasts. Very interesting. Right. Um, so John the Baptist was preaching in the wilderness because the priesthood in Jerusalem was corrupt. Right. Yeah. So how do we know the priesthood in Jerusalem was corrupt? It's not just a, a random statement. There's historical facts, right? So you, after the story is of the Maccabees... Is it Mac Josephus or no? That too. Uh, but uh, after the story of the Maccabees, right, um, where they 
have the whole Hanukkah story. Yeah, and the Hasmonean dynasty. Ri- righteousness is brought back. The Hasmoneans, unfortunately, were... Well, they went, they went they, south. They went south. Yeah. They became corrupted. So you got to think that the Maccabees and that family uh, of, of the Maccabees is... They're from Judah, not Levi. So they can't be priests. So taking over the priesthood and being in charge of that whole thing... The Hasmoneans? Is not good, right? But I thought Mattathias was a Levite in Judah, the hammer and all that. They were Levites. They were. Yeah. Yeah. The Hasmoneans, they brought in people that were not of Levi. Yeah, it probably, it probably turned into that. I've never really studied the Hasmonean dynasty. I know that Herod killed them all The closest, off. right. So then you have the Heredians Enemy that kill them all. Along, yeah, the right. puppet And king. Esau, right? The e- puppet king. Edomite. Well, what's interesting about that is that they started kind of selling the high priesthood, things like that. The The equivalent would be things like the Catholic Church did in the Middle Ages with like uh, selling of indulgences or selling bishop, you know, rights, uh, things like that where people could become something by just, you know, donating or, or whatever. So the priesthood became corrupt. That's the bottom line. But it shows that Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, was a priest. That's right. He was working in the temple. That's right. That was his job. And that he was a legitimate priest. So it's not as easy to just say, oh, everything was corrupt, right? Just like today, you have, everything's intermingled, It's right? like Iran. It's not the people. Correct. It's the regime. Right. So you have, you have you know, good things and bad things happening at the same right. time. Very interesting. Um, and, and just remember this, everybody. Uh, as we see things unfolding before our very eyes, uh, there is, of course, the priesthood. And then there's the, the monarchy. Now, if the priesthood is bad and the monarchy is bad, then God's got to send in the priests. Right. Uh, I'm not the, not, not the priest, the prophets. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes. So this is why you have John the Baptist now, because Herod was a king. Right. Wicked. You had the Hasmonean dynasty wiped out. And John the Baptist is a legitimate yeah, and priest. He, and, he, and he is. And he was called to this, to this special, special time. Yeah. Just like uh, Samuel the great prophet right was, was an only child of hannah so what's going to happen is um the priesthood is bad the king is bad the government's bad so now here we have john the baptist so like today we see the same thing there's a lot of corruption in the church a lot of corruption in the government so what is god asking us to do we have the holy spirit but what we also need is the written prophets that's right the prophet's or the written prophets. The miracle-working prophets were Elijah, Elisha, but these, these uh, writing prophets are for us today. So just keep that in mind. Now, the word repent, number 3340, is the Greek word metaneo, and it means to think differently or afterwards, i.e. reconsider. Yeah. So think about a 180-degree turn, like shub, to return. It's a 180-degree turn. You know, it's kind of like uh, Jonah going the wrong way. Right, know, he, and he's got he's got to turn course 180 degrees and come back. So that's what this means to think differently or afterwards, you know. And so we know what was happening in, in the priesthood and everything is that they were adding to the word of God and man's commandments and all these other things. Right. Uh, but we move on into uh, Matthew chapter three and verse three. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet. Isaiah saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now I want to go, because I marked it here, I want to go to this cross-reference, because I like this. I think this is interesting. Yeah. Not to read the whole thing, but to read parts of it. Um, And so he's quoting, this particular reference is quoted in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3. I'm going to read Isaiah 40, uh, verses... uh, Three through five. That's what I'm going to do. Three through five. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. I love this in verse five. This is it. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. So when you prepare the way of the Lord, the glory of the Lord will be revealed. Hallelujah. So you have to remove all the stumbling blocks. See, if we get rid of all this junk out of our life, God's glory can manifest. Right. Because he's only going to manifest his glory when we're honest, mm. sincere. Yeah. So I'm only bringing that to the attention uh, of those of you that are watching and listening. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Yeah. So this has actually come to pass... Because people were actually coming out to him because, of course, John the Baptist's clothing was camel's hair and a leather girdle. 
It says that his diet consisted of locusts and wild honey. And some scholars would say, in reference to his diet, that he actually ate carob. These are like little pods of that, that tasted kind of like chocolate carob. Yeah. But you know, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that. Now, he could have ate bugs because it's biblical. But I think he did eat bugs. Uh, but, I used to think, you know, carob tree. I was thinking that that's probably where it is. You know, but um, then recently I found out that there's been found amongst. It might be the Dead Sea Scrolls. It might be somewhere else. But recipes for locusts, like how to prepare. How about this? <laughs> you, you. Dip the locust in carob, chocolate-covered locusts. Locusts and locusts? Chocolate-covered locusts. Locust-covered locusts? You know, um, so yeah, so there, there it is, uh, no. and wild honey. You know, the interesting thing about honey, for those of you that are listening, eat the local honey. Yeah. This is, this is worth nineteen ninety nine right now oh, to yeah. you. Yeah. Eat the local honey, digest it, put it in your tea, have two teaspoons every day, at least two spoonfuls. Because it'll help with allergies and sinus problems. Right, yeah. I, I don't know how that works, but it builds up your immune system. And if you have sinus problems or allergies, your eyes get itchy and you get runny noses, uh, start eating the local honey. And we would love to hear your praise reports. I would, Because yeah. that's just wisdom. It is, yeah. That's just real simple instructions. Uh, I've had problems with respiratory you know, issues and things like that, born with asthma. Now I've been healed of it and grew out of it, but I'd say that... Uh, I struggled with the whole sinus thing. Sure. And, and, you, and basically, you know, um, it's fear of failure. And so you have to say, you know, I'm not a failure. I'm a success. I am a son of God. Praise I'm God. I'm a daughter of God. Yeah. So uh, they have traced this through Be In Health Ministry or organization. Be In Health, uh, Dr. Henry Wright. I, I say doctor, Pastor Henry Wright. He wanted to be a doctor. But after studying sickness and disease for like over 30 years, he, he, he found out that a lot of the sinus problems was fear of failure. Interesting, yeah. And when you realize I'm not a failure and you get that in your spirit, then you can be healed and, and not get an infection and, and, and fight yeah. back. Praise God. Now, there's a lot to that, isn't there? They, they're talking about wild honey. There's also speculation that the honey was actually date salon or date syrup. Interesting. Because of the dates that were there. And, and <coughs> we, we enjoy date syrup uh, here. A lot of times uh, we get a box um, from Lev Haolam, um, which is just like a box. I believe date month. syrup is Daniel Fast approved myself. Yeah. Yeah, I think any sweetener is not Daniel Fast approved, but you know, I mean, it's you know, tomato, tomato, potato, potato. I'm That's much right. more of a Pharisee That's right. when it comes to those types but, of things. You know, remember, always listen to the leader. <laughs> Amen. Always listen to the leader. He's the leader, just so everybody is aware. So, a couple of quick things I want to cover about John the Baptist. Um, what does it mean to prepare the way for the Lord? So, I, I understand the you know the prophecy makes straight a path, a highway, right? You know, valleys being raised. The kingdom up. of heaven is at hand, right? Thank you. So, what is he saying? He's saying repent, right? Which we went over the word repent, but it really it says in the King James, "Repent ye." You know, so you repent. You need to repent. So it's it's every it's, one of it's us personal, yeah. needs to repent. Wow. But what are the first words quoted by Yeshua? The first red letters in the Gospel of Mark. Right? It's in, found in Mark chapter one, verse fifteen. It says, "The time." This is Jesus speaking. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So the first words of Yeshua, repent and believe the gospel. Wow. Right? I mean, it's, it's, it's game time. Like, hey, it's time to make it right. You know, Isaiah 118 says, come, let us reason together, says right. the Lord. Right, right, right. I want to forgive you. Your sins will be white as snow. But you have to come. And how do you come? You come with repentance. Because God is holy. Yeah, you don't He's come trying with to pride help and arrogance. You I come it. with I weeping and does. supplications. I love what God does. Now, Miss Deb last night actually brought that out, the repent ye, and then also the prepare ye, right? Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye, prepare yourself, right? The way of the Lord. So uh, how do we prepare? Well, the first way we prepare is by preparing ourselves. We need to be ready to see the Lord. Amen? That's good. And so we got to get ourselves ready. It's so good. And even then, that's how we can then tell others. Think, think, about, think about it, Ryan. If we just ask ourselves, hey, can I be better? Right. Can I do better? Right. Man, imagine what can happen. When you start thinking about yourself, how I need to work on me. And imagine everybody is seeking the same source, the word of God and the spirit of God, right? If all of us are doing that and God is, is then, you know, changing us and working on right. us. Um, when we come together, the, the power of the anointing and our ability to then interact with each other in a proper manner and just improve the world and our society, our communities around us would just be uh, astounding. So prepare just, you the way of the Lord. I'll tell you, even now in the world, all we, we just need good 
basic Christianity. Right. We just need to be good Christians. Yeah, block and tackle. I mean, it's so yeah. simple. So, so who was it that came out to hear John the Baptist? Everybody. <coughs> so it says, uh, Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region about the Jordan. So it, it sounds like... Uh, everybody wanted to know what was going on. What, what, is, what is this about? You know, it's interesting. It's like bait to heal. You, know, you flip a light switch on, you're going to draw the bugs. <laughs> you know? I thought they're supposed to scatter. No, they're drawn yeah. to the light. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's I actually have lights on my porch that prove it, it, that. It's so interesting because, yeah. you know, we're trying to establish a strong community raising the next generation. But it's interesting that when you, when you, when you, when you look at him, you know, he, he had a mandate. Repent. Yeah. His ministry was not restoration. It was repentance. Correct. And that's why he can't be Elijah, because Elijah is the one that restores the days uh, of Elijah. Uh, he set a place for him at the Passover table. So there's this, this spirit of, of, of restoration has to happen. And we remember there's two witnesses in Revelation, um, you know. And so the thing is, that as we look and see, you know, they, they say, well, John the Baptist was a type of Elijah, but he didn't restore he, he brought repentance. That was his message. And so what two things did the people do when they came out to John the Baptist? Well, they were baptized and they confessed their sins. So this is the word uh, baptizo. Right. Uh, to make, I love this, to make whelmed, fully wet. Yeah. Totally covered. Right. Nothing sticking out. That's why you put your hair in a bun when you do a mikvah. <laughs> Used only in the New Testament of ceremonial ablution. You know, I, I always put my hair in a bun. That's good. <laughs> better, better than myself. You know what this reminds me of? It'd be interesting if we could look at the uh, the calendar of these events. But uh, it seems like this was like a season of teshuva. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because they're, they're doing what? They're, they're washing themselves in water. They're repenting. You know, uh, and we're going to get into all that. Yeah, later. and it is important to note that um, baptism, as we has been taught in most Christian churches, is not what John the Baptist was doing, right? Yeshua's ministry hadn't even started yet until Yeshua came to do his mikvah right. with John the Baptist. And so right. um, it's not traditional baptism. Traditional baptism is where a person, one time in their life, makes a public profession of faith and allegiance with Yeshua. And we can get into that. I mean, it, it's actually an outward manifestation of what God has done on the inside. Correct. So, it, so you're only baptized once in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So then you can mikvah on a regular basis. At, it's like a take this as needed. And we're going to talk about that. Oh, cool. Let's we're going to be leading into that later. Let's do it. Because, uh, yeah, mikvah, baptismo in the Greek. Mm -hmm. uh, and so once again, uh, how cool is that? Uh, so anyway, um, it's getting good now. So let's go ahead and uh, I'm going to have Ryan read Matthew chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. The title is The Pharisees and the Sadducees. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water into repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. This guy's serious. You talk about the fire and brimstone preaching? Yeah. You know, I like that sometimes. So do I. Yeah. I, I I've, we need I've to been, be reminded. I've not been under that fully, but I've witnessed it. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. Wow. Yeah. We could use some fire and brimstone preaching right about now. Yeah. I mean, so here's the thing. What did John the Baptist call the Pharisees and the Sadducees who came to his baptism? So in the King James, it says a generation of vipers, and in the New King James, it says a brood of vipers. Same Interesting. Thing. You know, um, some time ago, some years ago, the Lord was showing something to me. He, he said this to me. This is what Yeshua said to me. It was so cool. Just inspired. Let the critics come to you. Yeah. So when people criticize Beit Tehillah, from social media or or public circles or whatever it is, um, let the critics come to you. Yeah. Why would I want to go to a critic? Yeah. You don't need to. Yeah, they show up. And that's what happened. To criticize. That's what happened. It is. You know, uh, I was watching The Chosen, and uh, I learned this from there, 
that one of the things about vipers that I didn't know is that the the baby vipers, they hatch inside their mother and then they eat their way out, usually killing the mother. And so vipers are, and vipers are like the most, That's one of terrible. the most venomous desert snakes out there. And they're small. So you don't really realize that, you know, things are coming. So it can be something that can sneak up on you and oh things like that. Gosh, that is sick. Yeah, you know, um, not good. So, so once again, you know, if you have truth, we draw a lot of different people. Yeah, we sure do. <laughs> We've been pretty fortunate, though. I mean, we're legitimate in this community. Yeah, we're I would, not some freaks. We're oh, not a yeah. sideshow. No, we're for not sure. some new kid on the block. No, we are legitimate. We have people vouching for us. We've sure. had congressmen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, that's right. Um, and and so you know, like I said, we've had Dove Award winners here. We've had you know, yep. which will be you know a lot more coming. So anyway. Um, did John the Baptist warn the religious leaders that they needed to repent and could not count on their lineage from Abraham? Yeah, which was a little interesting thought there, huh? You know, in Titus 3.9, Paul tells Titus, but avoid foolish questions and genealogies. Yeah. And contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. He's talking about, and I think it's somewhere else, that you're not supposed to argue over the Torah, but like your genealogies. You know, I kept bragging about my, my grandmother, on, on my dad's side, which is my dad's mother, her last name, maiden name was Zegi, Hungarian. Yeah. So I figured, hey, you know, I'm Hungarian. I'm always hungry. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I found out that I'm basically an old chap. Yeah. And I've got some Welsh, some Scottish, some Irish, yeah. but I'm pretty much an Englishman, an old chap. But still hungry nonetheless. But it's funny how, you know, how that comes about, you know, <laughs> and, and, I, and it's funny because I love the monarchy. I love right. that stuff. Uh, you know, you've got the crown on Netflix. You've got, um, and then of course I love tea, trying yeah. different teas, Yeah, you know, and so I'm like, I'm an old chap. Yeah, you, you know? are. So, but it doesn't really matter because I'm grafted in. You know, Galatians 3.29 corroborates this because it says from Paul's words that if you be in Christ, right, or if you're Christ, then you are the seed of Abraham and an heir according to the promise. So what's cool about that is that it's, you know, even John the Baptist knew that just because you're a son of Abraham doesn't mean that you get a pass. You know what I mean? You don't just get to act like a heathen and not be a righteous person. And then, you know, because God can literally raise up sons of Abraham from the rocks. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is that you've got wild branches and natural branches. Yes. Okay. Once we were far away, Christ has brought us near. Yes. You know, once we were not a people, now we're a people. Once we had no mercy, now we have mercy. Yes. And so we're, we're the wild branches coming back. As a matter of fact, I even have in my Bible here, and I'll just give some quick references here. The Gentiles coming out of the nations to support the Jewish people in the state of Israel. Yeah. I won't read it, but it says Isaiah 49, verses 22 and 23. Isaiah 56, verses 4 through 8. In Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 12. And, and this goes back to Sandra being with us as a director from Israel yeah. over her organization. And she's been doing it for a number of years, a long, long time. I want to say 25 years. So the thing is, when you see Orthodox Jews coming to the church, right. that's a sign. Yes. Something's going down. Something's happening. Right. Because the olive tree needs the branches that are wild and the ones that are natural. Yeah. And how great will it be? When they come to the revelation. Yeah. So I only bring that out because it's important to know. Uh, and then also, you know, we're part of the commonwealth of Israel. Ephesians 2. It yep. goes into the commonwealth of Israel, which is a term for monarchy. He's the king. That's why we're doing Matthew. You know, the Lord really put it on my heart. Yeah. Let's do Matthew. So what a cool thing, Ryan, that we do the Torah every year. And the Lord inspired me. I want you to do Matthew because the son of God is king. Yeah. Amen. And you're his subjects. Amen. And now you're living in lawless times and days. So we, we want to manifest the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has order and respect and honor. And that's what the kingdom of God needs right now. We need to be in the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of the CDC. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or Dr. Fauci or whatever it is. We don't need to be in that kingdom. Wait, the kingdom okay? of God's not a democracy? We don't have to be in any particular political party. No. We just need to be in the kingdom of God. Yeah. You know, uh, and so once again, we, we can see this. And now also it says right here in Matthew three ten. and now also the ax is laid into the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. That's now, right. I, we got to be careful here. Some people say that's hell. So we have to study this out because it's kind of like, you know, when, 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 uh, remember when the, I guess it's, it's the, uh, 
I want to say it's the marriage parable in Matthew 22, I believe it is. When they're cast into outer darkness, yeah, that means they're not in the wedding party. They're not right. part of the wedding. Yeah, it doesn't mean they're eternally damned or in hell, but they're they're not part of the wedding party. Sure. So we got to be careful. And and I know it comes to my mind. I didn't look at it because we're going to probably go into it. But he's the vine, we're the branches. All right. So I got four parables for you. You ready? I'm right. Corroborate this for you. I mean, I'm just saying. I, I want to be careful right. with You're this. Good. You You're know? good. You know. Don't because be careful. Let Jesus speak for himself. You know one of the things that Jesus can do? He can stand on his own two feet and his words. Well, let me just say this, and then you cover this. Sure. This, this is all I want to say, because I didn't get into this whole Gehenna damnation hell no, thing. No, I'm not getting there. But I want to say this, though. In Matthew 3.10, he says this. John the Baptist likens people to trees. Yeah. And if they do not bear fruit, they will be cut down at the root by an ax to be thrown into the fire. Yeah. So all I'm saying is that if you don't bear fruit, Fire's involved. So, I'm um, just saying, and, and Jesus says you'll know them by their fruits. So this isn't something I have in my notes, but I would mention this. I'm very pragmatic when it comes to uh, salvation and good works and all of these things. I think that there's a school of thought out there that wants to get into the Greek mindset, into like the abstract, like what Paul did, because Paul's dealing with Greek philosophers and things like that. And they want to decide, well, when is somebody saved? And once saved, always saved, and all of these little things. I, like I said, I'm much more pragmatic. These are the things that people that are saved do. Let's do those things. Let's go ahead and just, you know what? Right. We don't even have to argue about all that stuff. Let's just live the walk of Jesus and live the way that he lived and do the things that he did and, and praise God and do good works, take care of widows and orphans. I mean, let's just do all of it. And not necessarily with the, the motivation of bringing ourselves salvation, but be part of the kingdom and doing the work that Jesus would have us to do. So that's... My, I, I think that's great. That's my hell speech. You know, so once again, you know, that, that's important, Ryan. I mean, that right there is... Listen, I'm, I'm going... Just break it down. I'm I mean, going right I here. Don't jump, I mean, I, I'd have to look more into this. That's kind of sad. <laughs> well... That if you don't bear fruit, you're going to hell. I, well, here's what I got. Here's what I got for you. So there's, I'm thinking, what? There's four parables. Fire doesn't sound good. Here. Two of them are in this chapter. Okay? Yeah. The first one being, right, and now the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is right. hewn down and cast into the fire. So we know that one. All right. The second one is uh, also in the same chapter, and it talks about the winnowing, right? So it says, uh, his winnowing fan is in his hand, which that might be on the it's next page. Up. All right. So um, it's coming up. That part's coming up, though. The wheat. The garner. Which, which the we can do that because it all ties into the yeah, same thing. Yeah, it all ties into the So it says here, um, his winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So what is a winnowing fan? So a lot of people were like, well, what's the fan? I don't understand this. So this is a, a reference to when they would separate wheat from chaff. So what you do is you take all the wheat, you put it into a big floor, they run over it with like a, what they call a sledge. Right, which is like a, a board that has rocks right. and stuff under it. And Miss uh, Miss Libby Davis it's threshing has awesome teaching it's about threshing. This. So the first one's harvesting, yeah. Then threshing, then threshing. So then they, winnowing, right? So you're in step three, right? So you throw everything into this this uh, threshing floor. They break it all up, and it's got like a wall around it, so it can't blow away. Correct. Yeah. So then what they do is they toss it up, and somebody has a big fan, a winnowing fan, and the winnowing fan blows away the chaff. So the weightier wheat stays into the basket, yeah, right? Gotcha. The chaff blows away. What a great example. Right? What a process. So then it says he takes his wheat, boop, boop, gathers it up, and takes it and puts it in the barn. That's what they're going to save. That's what they're going to use, eat, you know, plant, whatever. Well, what's left on the floor needs to be purged because you don't want all this extra. You're going to make it harder the next time you come to thresh right. if you don't get rid of it. And what happens to the, the chaff? It's burned with unquenchable fire. Blows away. All right. So you don't want to be the chaff. You want to chaff be the is wheat. actually mentioned in Daniel too. Right, it's going to blow away the chaff. So in a couple chapters over in Matthew seventeen, it says here. Uh, oh, you just want to go ahead. Matthew huh? seven. I'm sorry. You just want to go it's ahead okay. and put the it, vine it, and branches. It all tied. No, I'm not even there yet. We're going to get there. Oh my goodness. So here it says in uh, Matthew chapter seven, verses fifteen through twenty. It says, "Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are." ravenous wolves you will know them by their fruits do not gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles even so every good tree bears good fruit but a bad tree bears bad fruit a good tree cannot bear bad fruit nor can a bad tree bear good fruit 
Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. What are your references again? Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. This is uh, Matthew, Matthew 7, 15 through 20. And then finally... So it's interesting that that's Yeshua, though. That is Yeshua. It's not John the Baptist saying that. that well, and that's my point, right? So It's all about fruit. We, we collectively <laughs> get through all of these points. John the Baptist gives two of them, and then Yeshua gives two of them. It makes me think that they were of one mind and in one accord. So John 15.5 is a very famous verse, but the very next verse, number six, Where you at? also pretty famous. John 15.5 and 6. So John 15.5 and 6. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Wow. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. How about all of our opinions? Where does that go? Yeah, into the fire. <laughs> hey, you know what I think? <laughs> Speaking of which, you know what I think? So I, uh, <coughs> I've been to Israel, and I've actually pruned vineyards, vines and whatnot. You have. And so this is a literal truth. You're a pruner. Okay? The, the things that are closest to the vine, get they stay, right? You clip everything else off, and you only are going to pick the things that are closest to the vine because right. they are getting the quickest you know, root to the nutrition from the root. Very right? good. And then everything is then gathered up off of that line, right? Because you throw it behind you, and then somebody's yeah. gathering it. They're throwing it into big piles. What do they do with those piles, Pastor Nick? They build a thatched roof? Nope. They burn them. They burn them. They burn them. Control burn. It is a burn. So interesting that I've just given you not one witness, not two witnesses, not even three witnesses, but four witnesses. You know, that, you know somebody said we're not to be judgmental or to judge. We're fruit inspectors. Well, but if you're we're fruit inspectors. bearing bad fruit. That's why we're fruit of the loom. So the warning, though, is that, and I believe that these warning against the bad fruit, that if you're bearing bad fruit, you need to do something quick. To change what if the there fruit. is bad fruit? Yeah, that's wow, wow, that's deep. So discuss how we could be like some of the Pharisees and Sadducees when it comes to walking in self righteousness instead of repentance. What do you have for that? What, what comes to mind? <sighs> so clearly, the Pharisees and Sadducees were trusting in the righteousness of man, meaning that they had created a whole rule system outside of Torah, putting fences around Torah and things like that, and then they would outwardly display and you know, self-congratulate and congratulate each other on how righteous they were. It was this big, arrogant, prideful mess. And you know, the sacrifices of God, as, as David says in Psalm 51, is a, a broken and contrite spirit, right? Somebody that comes to the Lord realizing that we can do no good thing of ourselves, but that all good things come from the Lord. And if we can come in that manner— Right in a humble and broken manner, right. that we would be serving the Lord and be thankful just for the opportunity to do the things, and then seeing God do His work, understanding and giving glory and credit to God, that is the proper way. The other way is that we, especially in the Hebrew roots, telling everyone that, oh, well, I'm better than you because I go to church on Saturday, and hey, I'm better than you because I don't eat pork and shellfish. And That's good. You know? We don't want to be that guy. What we want to be is we want to be the people that have grace and mercy because we too were there once before. And look upon those people and realize that we can show them through our lifestyle right. and that we can love them and be the light through our so life. So if you have fruit, then you can do do's and don'ts. Correct. You know, it's kind of like if you have fruit and they say, wow, you know, you, you seem like you got your life together and you're happy and you're serving the Lord. Can you tell me what you're doing? So the do's and don'ts shouldn't be the, the first thing. Yeah. You get to. You don't have to. Number two, I say you can be clean on the outside but dirty on the inside. Yeah. You could have hidden motives. Or empty on the inside. You know. No uh, substance. You could be, you know, not honest. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like, you know, these are very, very important uh, characteristic traits that we need to work on. Uh, and I, last but not least, you know, we need the Holy Spirit. So let's say you come into the information age of, of religion and and all these other things. But in John 16, verses 7 through 11, it says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And John uh, here, the Gospel of John, is the only one that uses the word Comforter, I believe, four times, parakletos. It means one called alongside to help. He says, When he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. 
of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Now, as we do a self-spiritual audit here, it's very interesting that, notice, he's going to reprove the world of sin. Yeah. Okay. So, like, when was the last time we asked for forgiveness for sins? This is what the Lord was reminding me of. One, day. one day he was, like, taking me out behind the woodshed. He took me behind the barn, not in the barn. I said, yeah. no, the Bible says, you know, I go in the barn. He goes, no, you're going to go to the back of the barn. <laughs> so I had to really think, and I couldn't remember the last time I asked for forgiveness for my sins, and then I, then I asked for forgiveness. Yeah. Now, the second thing is this. He says right there, he says right here, end of righteousness. So I'm like, hey, look, I'm the pastor. I'm doing good. I'm doing Shabbat. I'm doing the Torah portions I'm reading. You know, I'm not eating unclean food. I'm, I'm doing better than most people. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, really? Your self-righteousness, huh? Huh. You're, you're righteous, huh? Yeah. And see, that's what we do. That's it is what we do, exactly Ryan. what it's we do. It's so sneaky. So anyway, then, of course, last but not least. Um, well, we get a false sense of security from our own works. Right. And so, you know, it says right here that uh, because the prince of this world is judged. Yeah. You know, uh, it's right there. So anyway, uh, I thought that was interesting. So yeah, we don't want to be self-righteous. You know, we don't want to come off like that. Another thing I've learned too is, you know, we, we got to quit preaching to people. It's like Madonna's song. You know, she gets pregnant or something. Papa, song. don't preach. Papa, don't. People don't like to be preached at. I'm they want to be inspired. Deep. They want to be encouraged. They want to talk. They want to vent. Yeah. You know, and that's the most important thing. So let's go ahead and jump into uh, uh, John the Baptist in our, in our outline, Ryan. Yeah, so I already kind of read about this verse. Um, Let's jump in here now. In Matthew three eleven through 12. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And so we, we went through this. I do notice, though, that, it's saying that you know he baptizes with water, right? But we get the idea of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the fire of God from this verse. But see, if if wheat and barley are planted in late fall, barley comes up first, right, and then the wheat later, right. So it's a picture of Pentecost, yeah, gathering the wheat into his barn, right. See? So he's going to gather his wheat into the barn. So Acts two, that's right. He's gathering the Gentiles at Pentecost. That's right. Because he had already given us the Torah in Exodus 19 in the third month. Now he's saying, okay, I'm going after the wheat now. Because yeah. it comes later. Yep. Now, speaking of baptism and uh, mikvahs and all of that, uh, I'm going to read Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. You are. I am. So it says here, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hallelujah. Man, so why did Yeshua come from Galilee to Jordan? He came to be baptized by John the Baptist. He sure did. And what did Yeshua say to John the Baptist when he forbade to baptize him? So in the King James, it actually says it this way. It says, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. So once again, here is the Son of God. He is the, the, the one to represent the second Adam. Right. right. So he's got to come through as a homo sapien and be born, be a little baby, a little infant, a little child. Sure. He's got to grow up, be a teenager, you know, and all these other things. Yeah. You know, and I find it interesting that, see, God created us. We messed up. He gives us a way out. Yeah. He is the coolest God. Oh, yeah. So we have to do it his way. That's right. We're made in his image. So I only bring that up because, you know, here we, we look at it like, you know, uh, it, it doesn't make sense. To, to look at it any other way, but that he was he was actually following the ceremonial part of the law, the mikvah. So so why don't you read Matthew three sixteen? So three sixteen says, When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Now, here we have a picture of the Godhead in this verse. 
the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And what did a voice from heaven say? Uh, the voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So we can picture the Godhead here in Yeshua being the Son. Yeah. This isn't like a, a, a Greek baptism where he's baptizing himself. Yeah. The Son's there. I baptize myself in the name of the Father, me, and the Spirit. No, he's not doing that. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So the dove represents the Holy Spirit. The voice is the Father. And there you have Yeshua, the Son of God, going in the water. Now, so let's let's get into uh, page four. Two, just two, something to think about. Yeah, two quick things about this. One is that we are to walk as Yeshua walked. So he's setting an example for us here. And it's Teshuvah. Right. He is, right, the Son of God, literally. He is God. So the whole point John the Baptist is about, me, baptize you? Are you kidding? Like, right. what is this, you know? But he's like, no, to fulfill all righteousness, a I want to make right sure act. that I, exactly It's right. ceremonial. I want to do it the right way. Yeah, it's, it, there's no confusion here. But you have to know the Old Testament. Well, and like we're not taking shortcuts, right? So then the second no. thing is, um, you know, when God says, to, uh, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, other translations say, um, in whom I delight, right? Uh, Lester Gonzalez um, was in my group last night, and he was talking about how in Spanish, the way that it says it is it's, it's, it's a fullness of contentment, that he receives a joy inside, like an indescribable joy inside by his son, right, because of his son. And so that delight kind of makes me feel a little right. better than just, oh, I'm well pleased. You know, I mean, it, it still is a good thing. I don't want to take anything away from it, but... And we're going to talk about that. There's a fullness of joy. If he's well pleased with the son of God, how much more us... Right. So Yeshua's baptism is a good example of what? Uh, a good example of the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, and we don't have time to get into all this for, see that? for the sake that? of time. Like... That was good. <laughs> I, I felt good about that. I brought back my altar boy days. Sign of the cross. But the thing is, you know, there's a, there's a false, you know, Godhead in yeah. the book of Revelation. There's the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. So we definitely believe in the Godhead at Beit Tehillah. Sure. We believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hero Israel, the Lord of God, the Lord is one. Shema, he is one. The three are one. So Yeshua, the son of God, was doing a mikvah, which is a ceremonial fulfillment of the law. And I've got Exodus 29, 4 here. And Aaron and his son sh thou shalt bring unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and shalt wash them with water. Yeah. Now, that's Exodus 29, 4. Right there. Aaron and his sons. So that's the high priest and the rest of the priesthood. Right. Now, and if I go to 40... Exodus 40, verse 12, it says, And thou shalt bring Aaron and his sons unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and wash them with water. So this is ceremonial cleansing. Yeah. Now, one, one more reference is Leviticus 8, 6. Leviticus 8, 6. And Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. So. So there's something to this washing with water when it priesthood. There, there is. And so I want to tie it all in because people need to understand there, there's a controversy that, well, I've already been baptized. Why am I called to the water? Why do I feel like the water's calling me? Yeah. Why do I feel like I need to go in the water? I feel like I need to be immersed. I feel like I need to be cleansed or take a long shower. Interesting. Okay. Well, the ceremonial act of the mikvah was practiced by the first century church in regards to preparing for the Day of Atonement. Hebrews 10.22, okay? Hebrews 10.22 says, let us draw near with a true heart mm. in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Hallelujah. Now, we weren't taught this. We didn't grow up in this. But this is all part of the restoration of all things. Yeah. It's all part of the restoration. And so the congregation of Beit Tehillah has done mikvahs every year just before the Day of Atonement for over 18 years. Think about that. For over 18 years, we've been doing mikvahs. So if you keep it in context here, even more as you see the day approaching, don't forsake the assembling of, our, of, of ourselves together as the manner of some is. That's verse 25 of Hebrews 10. This is what's being restored back to us, meaning that day, day approaching is the Lord's day, but it's also the day of atonement. Yeah. Don't forget this one thing. Yeshua is your high priest, blah, blah, blah. He goes into all this, the writer of Hebrews, all of this. Yeshua is the high priest, a new covenant, the blood of Christ, the believer's access to God. Now, I mean, it's all right here. So so that right there is, is quite astounding because I remember we first started like at 10 or 12 people. This last year, we probably did around 130. 
Wow. 130 in two days. Wow. 130 people came and did mikvahs before the Day of Atonement. Incredible. Which was a week later. Praise that, that, God. That, I know. And it's life-changing. Yeah, it is. If you ask anybody in our church that's done a mikvah, they'll tell you it's real. Well, there's healing. There's deliverance. There's answer to prayer. I direction. think it's, it's cool when you put markers, right? So you put you add like a sto- almost a stone of remembrance, which is which is a biblical concept. We're right. not going to go into right now, but just taking the time to have a change of status, right? We do a mikvah, just like we wash our hands on Shabbat because it's a change of status. I'm leaving the common, I'm entering the holy. Um, the idea here is that you're doing a change of status when you do a mikvah, you know, because we have the daily common things that we do every day that's all totally normal, none of it's sin. But we want to say, hey, you know what? I want to prepare my heart, my mind, my, my soul, my mind, will, and emotions for the Day of Atonement. So what do we do? We go to the water, right? And we pray God, and then we do it by faith. So always remember when we do these things, we do them by faith. Sure, it's maybe ceremonial, and you can brush it off all you want. I'm going to do it. it. You know, he wasn't doing it for sin. No, of course not. This is why we don't we don't understand what is he doing? Going, yeah, doing yeah, yeah. What's, what's the mikvah? What's he doing? Right. He's doing it as part of the ceremonial part of the law. It and doesn't hurt you. He's a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Right. And so just like you read all those verses about what are the priests to do before they start their work. Right. They always wash their hands and their feet. Right. Yeah. He's launching his ministry. That's what he's doing, going to be baptized yeah, by John the Baptist. This is the, this is the launching p- pad for starting his ministry. For next week. Yeah. He goes into the wilderness. Game time. Hey, the children of Israel had to cross through water. That's right. That was their baptism. That's right. Water to the left and right yeah. on dry land. That's right. They say it was the first of, feast of first fruits, but that, that was their baptism. Right. So Yeshua needed to go in the water, too, because where's he going to go? Mm-hmm. In the wilderness. And he went to Egypt, right? He came He's going to go in the wilderness. A lot of parallels. So. You know. Oh, say so what What two points can be learned from Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 17? What do you got? All two right, so points. my first point, and this is, this is you know, I don't know what, what this means. You can, uh, you can flesh this out however you want, but there's really two choices, as presented by John the Baptist in the parables of Yeshua. Bear good fruit or burn. <laughs> I need to write that down. <laughs> so let's just bear good fruit, amen? Because, I, I, again, I know that everybody wants to, to debate and bring things down to the nth degree, but let's just bear good fruit and praise God for his spirit that indwells us that gives us the ability to do that. And fruit of the spirit. Man, How's I'll tell you the what. the What is the good fruit? Temperance. That's right. Joy. What, that's right. Peace. So those. what else do you got? All right, so I have um, <coughs> Romans chapter 8, um, and you can, you know, Romans eight twenty eight is a very famous verse, right? So, you know, um, so I'm going to read 28 through 30 just for fun. It says here, uh, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. And then 29 is my, my key verse here. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined these, he also called whom he called. These he also justified, and whom he justified, these he and also glorified. you have to bring in glorified. predestination. So I'm not going to talk about predestination, but I am going to say this. Um, it says right here that we are to be conformed to the image of Jesus, that the, the standard, the marker... We used to think it was the Torah. So for those who think the Torah is done away with, the Torah is the easy part, right? That's true. The Torah is the easy part. That's yeah. I'm not going to say it's chump change because it's definitely not, but that's the easy part. The hard part is to be conformed daily to the image of Jesus. And what did God say about Jesus? He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So we obviously want to hear you know, uh, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Those are the words you want to hear. How do we do it? Well, it says right here that to be conformed to the image of his son, that he, meaning Yeshua, would be the firstborn among many brethren, that we would be like Jesus' siblings, that we would look like him so much. That's what Christian means. Is little Christ. Little Christ. And that we're justified by him. Praise. He justifies us. God. So we're justified by the finished work of the cross. Hallelujah. Now we're being sanctified. You know, my two things are real simple. Uh, we should be preparing the way of the Messiah, which is personal. Yes. Personal audits, spiritual audits. So we should be preparing the way of the Messiah. And my second thing is, for you Christians out there, uh, 
mikvahs are for today. Yeah. Even if it's not before the Day of Atonement. Maybe you feel like going in the water. Yeah. And the ritual is, or the custom is, that you go down one set of stairs and you come up another set. Oh. And actually, it's been noted that the, the Jews actually say born again. Wow. Now, that's kind of a play on words. Uh-huh. But it's a renewing of dying, coming up out of the other side. Mm-hmm. And so it's living water. But anyway, just something to think about among among the Jewish people. But uh, that was a great chapter. You know, when you say and things like that, points. it reminds me of when he's, is he talking to the, is it the rich young ruler or Nicodemus? No, it's Nicodemus. He's talking to Nicodemus, remember? And he says that, you know, don't don't be amazed that I say you must be born again, right? You must yeah. be born of water in the spirit. Yeah, Nicodemus, yeah. But but saying these things, it's like you're a teacher of Israel and you don't know this. I mean, you're describing these things. And then when Yeshua says it, you know, people are confused. And it's like, well, why are you confused? Shouldn't you be the one that knows all well, this? Well, you know, the uh, to be born again is only for the homo sapiens, the human race. Yeah, praise God. A demon can't be born again. I'm thankful for that because I'm going to live forever. That demon's going right. Salvation is is from God to us. Yeah, well, just imagine that we're not going to have to deal with demons anymore. That someday the demons will be cast into the fire and we're going to be without demons. I like the word (laughs) annihilation. It doesn't exist anymore. Vaporized. That's, that's That's the thing. Yeah. All right, closes in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you, God. We, we want to be conformed to the image of your Son, to be more like Yeshua every day. And so, Father, we ask you for your Spirit, for the Helper, for the Comforter, to come alongside us and to help us in this mission, Father, that we would not just be justified, but that we would be sanctified, that we would be conformed to the image and likeness of Yeshua. God, help us with this in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. Wow, John the Baptist. Wow. I just, you know, I'm trying to think back what we just talked about. Amazing. God just is so points. good. two points. Takes an hour. God is so awesome. Just two points. Wow. All right. Bless you guys. Have a great week.